0: Welcome to Pastor John Miller's Cultural Impact Podcast, brought to you by Church on the Rock. All right, hey, welcome to another episode of Pastor John's Cultural Impact Podcast, a podcast that's all about timeless wisdom for modern culture. I'm Travis, and I'm sitting here with Pastor John, and we got some really good stuff to talk about today. But first and foremost, uh, how are things going? Hey, it's my birthday today, and... uh,
1: I got a turkey when I went to Mississippi, so that was big fun. right. But uh, other than that, my grandson's coming to stay with me for two weeks. Awesome. Yeah, his parents are going on a trip, so uh, we're uh, somewhat apprehensive when a seven-month-old is going to come live with you there for a
0: couple weeks, but we're great. God's good. A good thing you have a good wife, right? (laughs) Yeah, or it wouldn't be happening. (laughs) All right, well, let's jump in today, and uh, let's look at your first
1: spot. Okay. And again, we put these on the radio, and what we try to do is bring a a relevant biblical truth into what's going on in the world around us, to try to enter the dialogue of culture from a biblical point of view. And here's the first one. I asked the question, several questions, but do you think it's okay for someone to threaten to beat up a person because they're gay or transgender? Is it wrong to mistreat someone because of the color of their skin? And does it bother you that a bridal shop in Pennsylvania closed its doors after three years of hate mail and death threats because of a religious belief? I'm bothered by all these examples. Hatred and violence are never the right way to show our disagreement. Every person deserves to be treated with dignity and respect, even when
0: we disagree. You know, that's such a great spot, but in my opinion, in our culture today, it seems like there's so much hatred on the base of religion, on the base of race, on the base of politics, as much as I can remember. So first and foremost, why do you think this is the case? In 2018, it seems like things haven't gotten better, but they've gotten worse over the last few decades. Well, gosh, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, I I I think...
1: There are forces in our culture, uh, we call them political, but forces that want to polarize us. You know, listen, there's money in the race industry. You know, there's there's money in these social issues. People are making money, you know, off whether it's uh, gay marriage, whether it's whether it's uh, uh, the whole transgender deal. Uh, I mean, curriculums are being written. Uh, people are making money. Politics, abortion. I mean, yeah. big money. So so there's issues in our culture today that rather than uniting people, there's there's really nothing that unites us in America. You know, so many don't even want the Constitution any longer. Uh, our national flag is not heralded and cherished, and I really think that the, at the root of it is spiritual. and And these forces are competing to try to polarize people,
0: uh, and that's the way much of life is lived. Yeah, you know, uh, kind of on that same topic. Everyone, you and I, Christians, non-Christians, everyone has their own set of views and opinions. But specifically as a Christian, how do we relate to a culture um, that has different views than us? And how do we relate to people that have different views? Okay, well, let me do this. But I, want you to, I want to answer that question. But I want to go back to what
1: I said in the spot. Because I asked the question, what do you think about beating up someone because they're gay or transgender? What do you think about uh, hurting someone or threatening them because of the color of their skin or excluding them? And obviously, uh, I'm t- t- uh, that's wrong. I mean, the second great commandment that Jesus told us was to love our neighbor as ourself. And that's not just people we like. See, that's missing in America, in our dialogue in America. We don't have a biblical perspective. We're not, you know, we're not, we're not about unity and love in America. It's about getting our right and getting our sides. And one other example here is there was a bridal shop in Pennsylvania that I gave you for three years. And obviously, in this case, they said, as Christians, we don't, you know, we don't want to participate in a gay marriage. Right. Well. Gay marriage has been legalized in America, it's part of the, uh, it's part of our culture today, but yet isn't, can an individual opt out of that? Now listen, they were able to help them, they referred them to other shops, but that was not enough. So that side of the issue wants to shut it down. And this is where the conflict is, particularly with religious people or secular people that don't hold on to the teachings of the Bible. And I would hope that we could, if I could say it this way, agree to disagree. Uh, One of the most cherished rights that our founders gave us was the freedom of religion and a right of conscience. It's never right because of my religion to hurt someone or to punish them or the KKK and all that. Christians should be the most loving people on the planet, but at some point, everyone because of conscience draws a line. Yeah. It could be, for example, a pharmacist that doesn't want to dispense the morning after pill. Yeah. Why? Because it's against what they believe about life. There should be an allowance in our culture for those differences while we still make ways to accommodate all people. Yeah. Now your question was, as a Christian, uh, what was it again, how do we... It was about how do we
0: respond uh, to this hatred when when we have our own views? Yeah. Well, we don't hate people, but yeah. yet we have to stand for biblical truth. Yeah. Well, the first
1: of all, the word hatred is wrongly used. Hatred assumes a motivation that may or may not be there. When I disagree with someone, for example, on abortion, I, I don't hate them, uh, but I, I do disagree. I believe that was a very much a politically chosen word to kind of put people that disagree in a box, but it goes both ways. This bridal shop, when they were threatened with hate mail, uh, in this hate mail they would hope that they were raped, that their children were raped, that they'd be murdered, that their shop would close down. Listen, hate is hate, and hate is wrong, irrespective of what a person's saying. Sadly, violence and hatred is being used in our culture to advance an agenda. But as a Christian, a very simple phrase that speaks to me, it's this, speak the truth in love. It's from the book of Ephesians. We have a responsibility to be salt and light, to speak the truth of God's word, because lest we forget, we're talking about eternity. We're talking about heaven and hell. We're talking about, you know, how people can be restored to God, what's pleasing to God. And if I withheld that from you, it would be like if I had the cure for cancer and didn't tell anybody. Yeah. So as a Christian, I guess in a nutshell, speak the truth in love. Have the courage to enter the debate, to talk to people. And literally, you know, as I read this. Morning in my Bible reading, I should have care and concern for people that are somehow
0: blinded or deluded yeah. uh, that they would come to Christ and see the Lord's ways. Yeah, you know, you say it all the time we shouldn't go look for fights as Christians, but we have to stand on what we believe and our biblical principles because there's going to become a day in America yeah. where we have to choose depending on. Well, without a doubt, today, uh, everyone knows this Christians
1: are the most persecuted people group around the world. Hundreds of millions of people today uh, have uh, have lost their jobs. They've lost family members. Uh, they have to live in the shadows of life simply because they're a Christian. Yeah. And the sad thing is, Jesus offers the way to life. Jesus offers the hope of eternal life, and that's what a Christian genuinely tries to do: to uh, love the Lord, to to reveal, to bring Christ to other people. Yeah. So that's what
0: we're about. Great. Uh, well, let's switch gears and let's look at this next spot. Okay.
1: Current event here. Imagine you're on Southwest Airlines and the unthinkable happens. An engine explodes, a passengers nearly sucked out the window, and people are screaming and sending what they thought was their last text to their family. Everyone was afraid, but one passenger said she held her husband's hand and prayed. She believed the Bible verse that says God is an ever-present help in time of trouble You never know when a crisis will happen, that's why we need to stay close to God each day.
0: You know, I could not imagine (laughs) being one of those passengers, and just the fear and anxiety uh, that was going on, but it's another reminder, number one, that life is precious, but number two, life for all of us is going to end one day, so my question is this. Sometimes in our life, every single person is going to face trouble. We're going to face uh, storms. So how does the average Christian deal when these things happen? Well,
1: first of all, you're right. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But he said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So what to do in a crisis? Well, I try to live my life close to God every day. The greatest commandment in all the Bible is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. So the difference between my life today and when I was a young teenager, I went to church, but I was really not a Christian. And my relationship with God was like this. When trouble would come or when I was, you know, had a a big, big problem, it's like calling 911. I'd say, God, please help me. But as soon as he helped me, I'd put God back on the shelf until the next time I need him. Today, as I try to walk close with God, when trouble comes, I just try to get closer I don't have to find God. I don't have to look for Him. I don't have to call the preacher. I don't have to search for Him. But I'm already walking with Him, and I just get a little bit closer. You see, Jesus said we could cast our cares on Him. He cares for us. Uh, and, And I would say the most important thing is your daily time with God, your daily time of reading the Bible, your daily time of praying before the crisis comes. Because when the crisis comes, it's your faith that carries you. The scriptures that I've read, the, the the promises, the words that i receive received from God, it's at that point that I draw closer to them and I'm able to draw life from them.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, I think sometimes uh, people think that the pastor always has the perfect life and everything is all hunky-dory, no valleys, only mountaintops. But in your, your own life, in the last five years or so, uh, your families went through some trials. You want to speak into yeah, that? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, five years ago, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer, uh, that was probably six years ago. I'm thrilled to tell you she's cancer-free now, but there was a while we didn't know if she was going to live or die, how much it had spread throughout her body, the greatest crisis our family endured, and I'm telling you, for about 10 days, we were in turmoil. I knew God was real. I knew his word was true, but I didn't really know where he was, but one day I was reading through the Bible, and it was an obscure verse, and it was out of context for healing, but a simple phrase said, all is well. And it was as if the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, and I knew that God was involved in this crisis. I had my own meltdown after my wife just got over. It was kind of like a form of PTSD, but I had an anxiety meltdown. I think the stress over the years, I literally had to take three months off work. I didn't know if I would be back in the pulpit again. I, I was, I, I, this fear had overcome my life. I was so overwhelmed, but I'm telling you, friends, I found a strength in God that carried me through. God spoke to me in a very personal way. Uh, uh, When I was in the middle of it, I'd read my Bible, scriptures. It was the life for me. Doctors helped me, but they couldn't make it go away. A counselor helped me, but I didn't have the energy to do what they asked me to do. I didn't have the emotional strength, but I found it in God. And I want to tell you, friends, He's real. The scripture that probably helped me more than any, in Philippians, which says, He who began the good work in you, He'll bring it to completion unto the day of Jesus Christ. And for me, it was a deepening in my relationship with God, and I found God was there. And as far as death goes, these people that are on that airplane, that was a scary thing. And I tell you, I thought I was dying once in this process that I had. The doctors had changed my medicine. They'd increased some, and it was blood pressure medicine. And what happened is I'm in my office, and all of a sudden, I just feel this feeling. I can't function. I can't move. And just before I passed out, I thought to myself, I'm dying. And rather than panic and freaking out, I said, well, Lord, it's not so bad. I commit my life into your hands. I passed out, but I woke up. But guess what? When I was in the crisis, I didn't like it. I didn't want to be there. But God was with me. And this is the wonderful assurance we have as a Christian, is that whatever we go through in life, it's hard, it's difficult, your heart pounds, you know, anxiety is around, but
0: in the middle of it, you still find peace in the storm. Uh, To the audience that's out there, maybe some people are going through a storm right now. What would you say one or two things that could just encourage them right now?
1: Most importantly, your daily time with God. That you'll take time and read the Bible. Read the book of Psalms. David went through crises. He's very vulnerable in the book of Psalms. I used to just take long walks with God. A lot of time I would talk, but a lot of time I'd just be quiet. There's the Bible says, be still and know I'm God. What I was doing in all of that was coming close to God. He was coming close to me. The second thing that helped me tremendously was the role and influence of other Christians in my life. Christian fellowship, I'd had it all my life. And when I was in trouble, I had friends to help me along when I couldn't help myself. So that's
0: what I'd say. That's great, Pastor. Well, this has been another uh, amazing day to talk about some stuff. Uh, any further thoughts that you have? No, I'm just thrilled to be here. Thrilled you're watching. And
1: uh, I pray the Lord bless you and smile on you and do you good all your days.
0: Amen. Well, happy birthday. Thanks. And uh, we'll catch you next week for another episode of Pastor John's Cultural Impact Podcast. Uh, I'm Travis for Pastor John, Zach, our technician. We'll see you next time. God bless. you.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's podcast timeless wisdom for a modern culture.